So good afternoon and welcome to Health Careers Live. Delighted to be joined by East Sussex NHS Trust this afternoon. We're going to meet the team in a second. Uh, before we do, uh, just a reminder to the schools to use the chat facility on the screen to ask any questions about the role of the pharmacy department in the NHS who we're meeting today. And I'm sure Tracy and the team will do their best to answer them over the next 15 minutes. But uh, we're not going to do a, a hot fire Q&A, guys. You'll be pleased to know it's going to be finding out more about what you do as well. So let's do that now. So Tracy, uh, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon on Health Careers Live. Can you just give me a, a quick overview, please, as to what your role is there at the Trust? Thank you. Um, so I'm the education and training lead for the pharmacy team across two hospital sites. We have um, acute hospitals at Eastbourne and in Hastings, uh, which serve a population of about 525,000 people. And we've got about 6,000 staff in total. The pharmacy department itself has about 130 staff now, and they range from apprentices through to pharmacy technicians, pharmacists, and we have a training programme as well. So we host um, training for year placements, some student and work experience students too. And I look after all those trainings. So the guys, uh, Natasha and Megan, who are sat with you, are you supporting them in their training as well as part of your role? Yes. Yeah, so my role is about making sure that their programme um, links with Health Education England so that we're delivering the right objectives and that they have a programme of study and rotational placements to make sure that they can cover everything that's required for their MVQ, uh, for Natasha an MVQ level two and for Megan an MVQ level three. And then I look after the pharmacist training a bit as well. I support our pharmacist doing the same job. Brilliant. Well, we'll come back to you in a second, uh, Tracy, about uh, your role in more detail and about what life's like at the pharmacy department as well. Um, are you sorry? Are you actually at a hospital today? Let's find out where you are today. Where are you broadcasting from? We're broadcasting from the Congress Hospital in East Sussex. Congress Hospital. That sounds. Conquest. Conquest. Sorry. Conquest. Ah, Conquest Hospital. Got it. Okay, Conquest Hospital, and that's in East Sussex. Okay, so people in the local area will know that hospital very well. How long has it been there now? Oh, that's a good question. I think it's about 25 years it's been here now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. Okay, well, um, and where, but which room are you in? Are you in one of the rooms near to pharmacy? Yeah, this is our video conferencing suite within the pharmacy department. So it means that we can link uh, via VC to cross site. Um, we're about 20 miles from our other pharmacy department. So we can do a lot of um, yeah. cross meetings, etc., without having to travel. Right. Well, thank you again for doing this. And it's real insight. I've got some great pictures, which we're going to, I know you're going to talk us through in a second about what it's like behind the scenes, something that not a lot of people get to see, I'm sure. Um, Natasha, uh, coming to yourself then, uh, thanks, thanks for taking part in this. Just tell us a little bit about your role. Um, so you're, you're an apprentice at the pharmacy department. Tell, tell us what you do on sort of a day-to-day -day basis, please. Uh, so I'm a rotational uh, assistant so I kind of work in dispensary distributions doors and I do a bit of portering as well so I dispense for patients and then you do stock for the wards so they, they bring up chitties and ask for stuff that they need medication wise on the wards and we can do that for them and then we book in medication in stores as well and then yeah. portering yeah. delivering the drugs to the wards uh, okay so the, uh, how long have you been there as an apprentice now at um, the pharmacy uh, within the trust September 2017 I started and the apprentice actually lasts 15 months but it was extended for 
Okay, and I think Tracy's mentioned there that the MVQs, is that what you're doing alongside your uh, programme? Yeah, it's a part of the apprenticeship. So you do um, the training, so you've got your level two BTEC in pharmaceutical science and the MVQ2 in pharmacy skills. Yeah. Um, and then you obviously work as you're doing it. Okay, and well, that's great. You're getting your chance to learn about the job as well as um, learn the academic side. And are you going to college one day a week? How does it work? We actually get um, training days. So we have half a day a week to get our training done. And a lot of it is um, about what you've actually been doing. So you're doing the work and then you write about what you've been doing. Brilliant. Okay. So hopefully um, in the next few months, you'll have completed the course. Is that the, is that the plan? Actually, next month I complete my course and I'll be qualified as a pharmacy assistant. Well, the very best of luck with that. And uh, can I just come on to, to Megan? Uh, Megan, what the time we've got, I just want to cover as many aspects of this as we can so Megan um, just tell us briefly what you do there at the pharmacy please. Okay so I am a um, pre-registration trainee pharmacy technician which means I am training to be a pharmacy technician. Um, I've been doing it for four months now. It means I am studying a level three BTEC in pharmaceutical sciences and then alongside a level three MVQ in pharmacy service skills. And those are actually equivalent to three science A-levels. So unlike day-to-day, -day, um, it's, it's like Tasha's, it's rotational, but you cover a lot of the whole sort of department of pharmacy. So you go into, obviously, start at dispensary, distribution, stores, etc., And then you move on to things like um, ordering high-cost drugs, um, which I've just completed, um, which was really good insight, actually, into, so obviously, you're working and you're dispensing the drug, but a completely different aspect of pharmacy is actually ordering them in and getting them in from certain suppliers and wholesalers. And then um, another aspect is aseptics, which I'll be going into uh, next month. Um, yeah, basically it's just the sort of like you're surrounded by all of these different sort of skills that you acquire over a period of time. And then alongside the working aspect you obviously do all of the educational side. Can I just ask you then, uh, you know, regarding your, your entry into that, I mean, did you know too much about the, the role before applying? I mean, because I'm looking at what you sent us through, you, you kind of started in media, didn't you? So did, did you, very different from what you're doing now. Tell us how that happened. Why did you get involved in this in the first place? Okay, so I went to university, well, when I was at, um, I did sort of, have a little insight into uh, pharmacy. I had, um, when I was younger, I, was, I experienced some uh, sort of medicine that I was interested in. My nan was ill, so she, she took a lot of medicines and that I seemed to know a lot about at a young age. So it kind of did, uh, I was a little bit interested in it. And then obviously I, I did school and then I did A-levels at college. And then sort of didn't really know what you want to do at 17 you kind of know what you're good at but doesn't necessarily mean that you enjoy um and media was one of my hobbies so I decided to stay on and do a media a level and then after that I decided to go into like broadcast journalism which I did at university and I did that for three years and really really enjoyed it but after graduating it was just one of those things that I think a lot of people experience at my age where you come out of university having an idea of what you think you're going to do 
and then by the time you sort of get into applying for jobs etc it's not as straightforward as you think it might be so I went through a period of about maybe six months or so applying for all of these different sort of media and broadcast jobs and didn't hear back from one so it was just one of those things that I realized that maybe it wasn't the right path for me and decided to try and do something completely different and what I would have been interested in and I'm actually very glad that I've done it because I've come further doing this than I probably would have doing something else. <laughs> and I'm sure Tracy's delighted you made that change. Tracy, I mean, uh, I mean is, it, is, that part, is that part of the problem in the sense that, you know, you, you get people who want to work in those industries that are well known and yet yours isn't as well known and and because if you if you read um, Megan's job title and I'm so pleased she described what it was uh, you know there's a lot of words there that young people may not understand and I suppose it's what we're trying to do here is break it down a little bit so it actually is a very interesting role isn't it I mean what what's uh, Tracy can I ask you what's what's most satisfying part do you think of working in a pharmacy department for a young person like Megan coming in I think um, Megan's a great example, and Tasha as well, of just two people who, who actually genuinely care about people, um, perhaps not interested in the, the more traditional roles of doctors and nurses that everybody thinks of in hospital, but they still want to be able to make a difference. Um, they want to have the opportunity to learn as well. They're both excellent students, um, but they can put their learning into good use and, and really help pay people around them in the whole area. Um, and they find it very rewarding as well. I think because the, the education is well supported, um, that has a real impact, impact for young people. I think um, they need to feel that there's good structure when they come into the yeah. workplace yeah. and that they will get the educational opportunities and not just the words. It will actually happen. And of course, we're governed by HEE, so mm. we have to make sure everything is uh, ticked off. We're going to look at some pictures now, which we've loaded for you, and I'm, I'm please take us through this. But can I just ask for we for you see that uh, how much engagement do you get with actual patients? So I'm just trying to get a sense of how many patients you see on a on a daily basis. That was a question we had in just just a moment ago. Uh, you know, how much patient interaction do you have on a daily basis? So our team is made for 130 odd people, and majority of them are actually out on the wards, face to face with patients. And the picture that you see at the moment is actually of the dispensary. And as you can see, there aren't actually many people in there. <laughs> and that's no. because that, that's a typical morning in the dispensary where most of our staff are out on the wards talking to patients about the medicines, finding about what they take, making sure that they can take them properly and helping to support them to take them well so that they don't readmit into hospital. And the idea of that is that there's then less dispensing coming up to the department. Um, the picture you're looking at at the moment is from our distribution side of things, which is where Tasha's working currently. And this is supplying stock to the wards. So if you were to come into the hospital out of hours, then you would have the right medication available to the nurses at the right time in the right place. So um, they're not waiting yeah. for urgent medication. So, so, so are they, sorry, Tracy, are they, are they shoots, literally like shoots coming down to you? Yeah. 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 And they're coming from outside as people deliver to you? I mean, how does it work, that system? No, those shoots are on the side of the, the robot. So you saw one side of the robot in the previous picture. And this is the other side of the robot. So one side is for the dispensing hatch. Yeah. And the side we were just on is the distribution. And you're now looking at the hopper where we pour the tablets into and it feeds itself on a conveyor belt overnight right. or during the day. So there's not somebody having to feed every single item in by hand. I was wondering that would take that that would be a big job, wouldn't it, for somebody? 
so we actually do actually load it one by one by hand it's slightly smaller at each one okay so that's inside the robot um you may or may not be able to see there's two picking heads there so one might be loading and one might be um shooting out picking the stock um, one might be servicing distribution side and one might be serving the um, dispensing side as well. Okay, and this is behind, this is a stock room kind of thing, is it? Yeah, mm -hmm. this is our main stores. Do you want to talk about stores? Stash, where uh, yeah, this is where all of our bulk stuff uh, is kept. Uh, so you've got the boxes of fluids there and this will be where it's all delivered in and then it's in the storeroom ready for us to give to the wards. Mm. And Megan, do you get involved with this as well as in the ordering? So this is where all your orderings come into to, to fruition, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, I've just actually moved into the stores, so it's really interesting to see, well, the stuff that I've just ordered, and then a couple of weeks later, it all coming in. So, um, yeah, if you're sitting, there's an office just outside of this uh, stores where you order all the stuff, and then obviously now I'm in stores, I'm checking it all in. So one of the considerations when they're ordering is how much space mm. have we actually got to store it as well. So at peak time, yeah, seasonal yeah. flu, etc., we have to be very careful. Yeah. And especially at Christmas, we all have to order a lot because the suppliers aren't actually open during the Christmas period. Well, <laughs> I was I was going to come on to say that, actually, because this is not, you know, we're not a supermarket here, are we? You know, we're not stocking no. or even photocopiers. You know, this is this is literally someone's... Uh, life and death situation here, isn't it? For some people, it needs you need these medic medicines. So, do you, do you sense that when you know Megan and, and Natasha? Let's ask Megan that question. Are you are, are you aware of that when you're ordering this? That this someone relies heavily on this medicine. Definitely, um, it's one example of a medication that we use um, quite a lot, which is TPN, which is nutritional feeds, uh, which come in like big sort of bags that live in the the cold store, which you would probably see. It's just behind there. Right, um, let's go to the next picture. I don't think it's that one, is it? But no, I don't it's not that, but <laughs> it looks quite similar, but it's freezing. We um, <laughs> have got a picture of the cold store, I believe. Okay. Um, and then, obviously, it's in ordering. You uh, have to physically work it out all by hand. So you go onto a database and you find out how many people are on different um, bags of nutritional feeds. So they come in different, um, what's it, like, what's in the feed? So uh, different, different nutrients, yeah, minerals, nutrients and, and different nutrition and diets. And then you have to work out how many patients are actually on them, how much stock that you have, how much stock is going to come in in the two delivery dates. And then you have to work it all by hand. And at the end, it's kind of sort of a guessing game, really, because you have to work out, obviously, how many are going to be used by that time for how many are going to come in. So obviously, that's a regular thing that happens twice a week in procurement. So it's, yeah, it's quite a big responsibility because obviously... If a patient is without one of their nutritional feeds, it's really detrimental to their health, to be honest. So you've got to make sure that they're all in in the time frame that you've got them to, to order. No, um, no, that's, no, I mean, I think I'm just wanted to make sure that you, you know, obviously you, you know this, this job is a very important job and you must have that responsibility. That's a lot of responsibility, mm -hmm. Tracy, isn't it, to take for anybody, but especially for someone who's coming into the workplace for the first time. I mean, how do you, how do you prepare them for that? <laughs> um, well, something that we test the interview is really about their values. Um, we're, we're very hot on NHS values, and that's really about respecting our patients and putting the patient first. So we need to make sure that every job they do, even if they're not patient-facing, just as Megan described, they're considering the impact on the patient the whole time. Um, some of our staff never see patients directly, but they still do need to remember what they're actually achieving. 
um, their MPQ cool. write-ups will reflect this as well. Of course. So I'm just conscious of time. We're going to just play, um, a, a, well, it's like a minute and a half of behind the scenes footage. So if we'll let this play, and then maybe we can pick up on some of the things we've seen. Um, you probably recognise, well, you will recognise some of the people working in this video. We don't mind us playing this. This is our main stores area uh, where they're checking in the goods and making sure that everything's arrived accurately. Um, this is one of our trainees in his first week, actually. He's going to be apprenticed soon and he's being shown some of the stops to make sure that he fits accurately by one of our managers. This is Oliver, uh, he's one of our dispensers and rotational assistants, also an apprentice, and he rotates the same as Tasha. He's currently dispensing a prescription. James is learning some of the uh, details of our scribe computer system, which is our labelling system, and currently he's looking at stock levels there. Now checking off the stock as it's coming out of the chute, making sure that it's accurate and it goes to the right ward in the right quantity, and also that everything's in date and fit for you. Shoot. <laughs> Um, the department sort of stretched out past a long corridor to lots of offices, etc. Um, so the distribution team do a fair bit of walking as well and a bit of manual handling. Oh, thanks so much for explaining that. And I, obviously, you got a sense that a lot of people are working as a team in there. I mean, everyone needs to know what everybody else is doing. Is that something that you try and instill, uh, Tracy, from an early point that everyone's part of a, a big machine, aren't they, making this work? Absolutely. Everybody can multitask um, and a part of the training is that they do rotate around the whole area. Um, in the picture at the moment is our aseptic suite or cytotoxic production unit. This is a sterile unit and we have a separate team that purely work in there, but our rotational trainees do go in there also to learn about it. They're producing chemotherapy in there, so there's lots of health and safety guidance and lots of... Um, Lots of protection for our staff, but also for the products that are going out to our vulnerable patients as well. Uh, and Natasha, um, I mean, you know, you can I just talk about your just briefly about your story then? You, you were you in sort of college and you saw about this? We've heard a bit about Megan. What was your story? Did you come from college into this or did you change your mind when you when you started about being an apprentice? Yeah, well, at college, I did health and social care. So it's kind of the same sort of path, but a little bit different. Uh, I originally wanted to become a nurse, um, but then I applied for university and I, did, I wasn't actually successful. And then I kind of changed my mind because I realised that I don't really like the blood and gore kind of side of things. <laughs> so I'm a bit of a, ba a baby. So I decided I could still help people, but not so direct. So I can help people with their medication and stuff like that instead. So this is the route that I went down. I actually accidentally found it on the NHS Jobs website and right. they were having an open day. So I decided to turn up and find out what it was all about. And I really enjoyed the open day that Tracy did herself. And she convinced me to come here and yeah, I'm very happy. So Tracy, have you got any of open days coming up in the, in the future so we can tell people about them today? 
Um, yes, I think we haven't got the date settled yet, but we are planning open day, I think, in March, uh, one at Eastbourne and one at the Conquest Hospital. And they will be advertised on Twitter, on our Twitter page, which is at esht underscore pharmacy. Um, and anybody can turn up to that. We do ask yeah. for booking, but the details will be on Twitter. Yeah, that's great. We've actually got that Twitter handle on the page where people are watching this broadcast. So feel free to follow that, guys. Um, Tracy will put the information about the open day on there and obviously uh, uh natasha you found that really useful experience to yeah, speak to staff from the pharmacy department directly yeah good okay um just final comments then uh tracy if i can just um we've had a question in around uh, what other roles obviously we've met natasha and megan today but what other roles are available within the department that other, other people may consider in the future um well we we have our assistants do rotations in all the different areas here um, but you could work specifically in the cytotoxic production unit um, you could also as a pharmacy technician or a pharmacy assistant you could work in community pharmacy like boots or lloyds um, where you'll be serving the public directly and maybe advising on medication as well um, you will be using communication skills our medicines management team are all out on the wards and they are helping patients directly with the medicines by using those communication skills and offering advice based on the knowledge that they have. Um, you just need to be willing to be able to help help people really and answer questions and work as a team. That's the main thing is to be able to harness the expertise yeah. from our yeah. pharmacists, but also use your own expertise in your own field. Um, but it very much is a team team job. Uh, Megan, you know, you talked about TPN. And I know how vital that is to a lot of people, both young mm -hmm. children right up to uh, you know, elderly people. They rely on that. I mean, do you get a chance to see how successful you've been in supplying that medicine? Do you get a chance to see those people go home well? I mean, is that part of what you, you know, the satisfaction you get? It's only something that I um, will be doing. Obviously, uh, part of the rotation is to be doing experiencing that up on the wards but currently at the moment I've got about uh, where are we about two months until I actually physically go up onto wards and completely shadow a, a technician where I will be experiencing all of that and it's something I actually very much looking forward to because it's yeah. for that whole rest of the um, year that's basically what I'll be doing I'll be working as a technician um, and then just obviously getting to know you know the counselling side of patient education it's something that's obviously going to be really valuable and you know knowing that from starting essentially not from the bottom but the bottom of the cycle and then obviously going up and experiencing what you do what people do in the dispensary and how it affects people up in the wards is something that's obviously going to be one of the main interests as to why I actually applied for the job. Uh, Tracy there can't be a, a, a greater feeling can they than actually doing a job that actually makes a difference and take, you know, hopefully sends people home well. Absolutely, it's so important. And actually, just what you asked Megan, um, is when I started my first day in the department following eight years working in community pharmacy, I saw a prescription for a patient who I'd recently dispensed for in community pharmacy for the same drugs. And it was that that really inspired me to help reduce waste because I could see that we'd literally just supplied masses of stuff to this gentleman. And then he was in hospital and we supplied masses of stuff again. And I knew he had it at home because I delivered it myself. So <laughs> it was things like that that make you realise the whole patient journey and the importance of communication 
across the interface really from the acute trust to secondary care and, and primary care and making sure our patients stay safe as well. Uh, and Natasha, um, I know you've um, gone through a, a few a, a changes of mind, if you like, in your career so far. Um, are you, do you feel like you've come home now? Do you feel this is it? This is what you want to do? Yeah, definitely. I get lots of support here to get my work done, my MVQ and the training. It's really, really good. It's really good insight to, to, uh, to know that I have a good career path ahead of me. There's so many different options, not just come in, be a palm system and that's it. You have so many more levels you can go across and, and become even maybe a pharmacist one day. I don't know, but there's lots of different opportunities and it's, it's great. And you know, if you could go back to your school and just talk to young people there, year 10s, year 11s, about being an apprentice in the NHS, uh, what would you say to them, knowing what you know now, what would you say to them about becoming an apprentice? It's definitely worth doing because in college, like uh, you do the work and you're just writing up what you're doing and like, learning about stuff. And it's not the same as actually doing it. You get to experience what you'll actually be doing when you get the job itself. So as an apprentice, I'm doing the actual coursework and doing the job. So mm. when I physically get the job and do the job, I've already done it. So it's... It's very helpful to know what you're actually going to be doing when you've completed the course itself. Yeah. Whereas at college, I don't think you have that experience. I know you get placements, but you're not physically doing the job properly. You just kind of day to day. Yeah. Uh, Megan, you agree in there? I mean, best best decision you've ever made? I think so. And I think when I was at school, I knew obviously people. The next stage for everyone is go to college, or obviously, well, you have to do that until you're 18 now, but go to college or work full time. And I think at, when I was at school, there was a lot of stigma around sort of apprenticeships and other people asking, oh, why would you want to do that? Why don't you just do what everyone else is doing? Go to college, get your A-levels and then maybe go to uni and see what you want to do. Now, obviously, I don't think I'd be in the position I am now without obviously experiencing university, etc. But it just goes to show there is, you can do it, Like there's a complete other path that you go down. You don't have to just follow suit to have the same end goal as someone else who, it's essentially if you're making a difference and you're happy what the steps that you need to take to get there is it doesn't really you know it doesn't matter at the end of the day I mean I could have done gone on to be a broadcaster or, or anything but I, I, I genuinely don't think I would be in the happy place that I am now which has experienced something learning something even more improving stuff that you'd never think you knew about it just comes so naturally if you enjoy your work and I think you know if someone was to tell me that when I was 16 and unsure of what to do and feel like maybe I was wasting my time, not like I think I have, but wasting if other people might have felt like they were wasting their time at 16, there's so much more that you can go out and do. And pharmacy is just one aspect to it. I mean, anything in the hospital that you can do as a career or NHS service is is like, it's there's loads out there that you can start from. So I think if you are thinking about 16, 17, and you're not really have a set path and what sure you want to do, definitely have a look in the uh, NHS and see what you can find because it's honestly probably one of the most rewarding things that I've ever done, so. Great advice and great insights. And thank you so much for sharing your stories, uh, Natasha and Megan, this afternoon. It's been an absolute delight to meet you both. And I also wish you both the very best of luck with your exams as well. Um, yeah. Uh, and Tracy, thank you so much for letting us into pharmacy. I know it's been a, a sneak peek, and we, we, I think we know a little bit more than we did half an hour ago. Um, 
And I told you half an hour would go fast. Can you believe that's been half an hour? It's, uh, <laughs> we were only supposed to be on for 15 minutes, but it was so fascinating. I wanted to find out so much more about what you guys did. And it was great to see those robots, by the way. We, you be careful with those robots, won't you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, know it's been great, really fascinating. Thanks so much for spending some time with us this afternoon on Health Careers Live. And hopefully we can have you back on again later this year if you could come back and maybe speak a bit more about your departments and what you do. That would be fantastic. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a great day. I'll speak to you bye. soon. Bye. Bye.